Are you obsessed with chess, but also kind of fun at parties? Do you keep your opening prep on your bedside table right next to your feelings journal? Welcome to the Chess Feels Podcast, the only chess podcast dedicated to the social and psychological aspects of this game we know and love. And hate. Tune in every week to join me, professional chess teacher and amateur feelings haver, JJ Lang. And me, professional therapist and amateur checkmate finder, Julia Rios as we dive into our shared love for the game and attempt to answer the most burning question for every chess obsessive. Why are we like this? Yeah. Okay, welcome everybody to a very, very special mini sode of Chess Fields. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> JJ, why is this mini sode so special? Because you had a child less than 10 days ago and I insisted we take a break, and now here we are back on your insistence. <laughs> JJ just kept calling. I was in bed, postpartum, nursing, sleeping, and they just kept calling me over and over again till I got my butt in a chair. That's not quite true, but I did try and get you to record something the first time you went to the hospital before you gave birth. I said we should do a live episode (laughs) of that. Honestly, if I'd had my mic with me, it would have been a not no, not a yes, but I feel like that's exactly the kind of thing I could get talked into. I was in a lot of pain that night, though. I feel like it wouldn't be a good episode. Well, now this mini set is because the entire Twitter community is in a lot of pain. What a segue. JJ, you really are just masterful in your craft. Why is all of Twitter up in arms right now? Well, something has come to a head that's been brewing for a while. It's been brewing. It's been brewing. But the way it's being framed is the question of unsolicited advice. When somebody, an improving player, an amateur player, posts one of their own games or posts their training regimen or what they're doing and gets bombarded with comments about what they should be doing instead. It's really interesting. I think the reason for that is because I think it fundamentally gets to a question that I love, which is... What is the point of Twitter? Can I attempt to answer that question as if it's not rhetorical? Like, what is the point of Twitter? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, especially these people, you people, would say community. But that is so vague. Like, what does that mean? It's such a buzzword. Oh, I want community. I thought you were going to answer the question. You just shat on an answer to the question. (laughs) I'm trying to get there. Okay, Uh let's try to break that down. What does that mean? What can that mean? But what do we think? people also mean when they say that. So I think when people are saying community, they're saying, I want support. I want encouragement. I want connection. Mm. And I think that we are getting a lot of that. Chess Twitter is a really cool space. I think that there's other pieces of that puzzle as in any community, as in any social relationship that don't feel purely connective, maybe in the way that people are specifically looking for. Yeah. Can you say more about what that means? Well, I think that that's where the unsolicited advice comes in then. Mm. I'm posting a tough loss that I had, and I'm really just looking for people to say, oh, that sucks and commiserate or say, you'll get them next time and lift me back up. I wasn't looking for someone to actually look at the gif of my game and say, oh, your mistake was on move 18 with knight e5, and you didn't have the right pawn structure to support (laughs) that exchange. Right. So that's where I think people are getting rubbed the wrong way. 
And so what do we think about this rub? Do we think they're right to feel rubbed the wrong way or do you think they've misread the rub? Right. And obviously everyone's always entitled to the way they feel. We're always allowed to bristle at things that don't feel good. But I think it's also worth kind of doing a little self-introspection. That's my favorite kind of introspection. (laughs) Fuck you, JJ. I'm editing that out. I'm not letting you have that joke. But I think it's worth us asking why does sometimes the advice feel good? Sometimes we are looking for someone to give us that book recommendation or say, here's a training tool that I use, or even here's where the mistake was. And here's how you cannot make that same mistake next time. Whereas sometimes we totally bristle and it doesn't feel good. And we're posting about it on Twitter. So I think it's worth kind of exploring why we have that dichotomy and why sometimes it doesn't feel good, why sometimes it does. And thinking about where is the place for advice on Twitter? Because I really don't think the answer is never, absolutely not. I think that that's a fine boundary to set for yourself, but I think that's a tall order. So it's, it's a tall order. And you're also, I've seen people post that you might be missing out on a lot of stuff. I mean, I yeah. think I, I remember last summer, like a uh, former like FIDE world champion, Ruslan Ponomaryov was just helping people out when they were struggling with how to solve a meet and two. And they're like posting on it and it was unsolicited, but it's also like, that's just a straight up cool thing or in a different vein, like maybe I've seen people who are not famous or titled or grandmaster players give advice and people be like, wow, that really changes my perspective on things that was so helpful. And I didn't know I wanted that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that you end up missing out on so much. So I think then we have to start to think about how do we start to break down when is the advice, even unsolicited advice feeling okay or even good or helpful and Mm. when is it maybe feeling like an attack or like Mm -hmm. an accusation nice it definitely doesn't feel good all the time for everybody good so i think you've identified two different reasons why unsolicited advice can feel like shit one is it's actually three Mm. sorry for almost missing one for silencing you one is i the poster wanted this kind of feedback and not that kind of feedback maybe i didn't make it explicit but in my head i knew that i wanted you know condolences and not critique and i got critique and i knew that would make me feel worse and that's what i got where i was looking for condolences solidarity encouragement comfort jokes all the feel good stuff exactly because sometimes a part of community can be commiserating and so to yeah. have a bunch of your homies laughing over a bad loss together feels good and having somebody stand outside of that circle lecturing you on why that was a bad move does not feel that same kind of closeness it feels an enhanced kind of distance and i actually just want to very quickly point out that all those things i listed and sort of said those things feel good kind of like the advice actually sometimes don't feel good for people Mm -hmm. sometimes when people are trying to commiserate the other person says why are you making this about you sometimes when we make jokes people are sensitive to the joke and it doesn't hit the right note and they say i don't think it's funny so i think it's actually important to note that all of those things could feel good or not good just like the advice that's a great point like if i just had a bad loss and i understand that people might be trying to commiserate with me by talking about their game but i don't care about their game especially right now and i appreciate the intention So yeah, so one thing is, it's just not what I was looking for. But another thing is, I just kind of posted this. I didn't really know what I was looking for. But once this came in, it felt bad. And that's an interesting one. I I didn't know what it was, but I'm realizing I now know it wasn't this. And sometimes that can just be the same thing, right? Sometimes it's just, well, I didn't have an intention for why I posted this that was explicit. But now I see that the intention was a sort of commiseration and not this. But the other thing it could just be is sometimes people on the internet are assholes. You don't say. (laughs) When? (laughs) Well, as a woman, I'm not sure you've experienced this much. (laughs) 
<laughs> Not yet, but please tell me what it's like. Sometimes when men on the internet try to post something, other men are assholes to them. And so sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe I would love feedback, but a lower rated player telling me what I misunderstood doesn't feel good. A higher rated player telling me that anyone over a 1000 rating should have seen that doesn't feel good. Not all assholes are condescending. Other assholes are just self-congratulatory. Um, somebody going on with a lengthy variation that they saw. And then if you're like, okay, cool, thanks. But this was a blitz game and their responses. And I checked with Stockfish and I was right. And I was right by like minus three. It's like talking about making it about you or it's just like, it doesn't feel like this is community. What I think we struggle with is everyone builds community differently, or some people might not understand exactly what they're trying to do, but conceive of what they're doing as still playing the same game and be like, well, I offered some feedback when they were seemed to be soliciting feedback. How could that be bad? I made a good move suggestion when people were talking about what they would play. Or I don't even think that they would say when they were soliciting feedback, hmm. they would just say, I gave feedback when I saw that feedback Good. was needed, yeah. right? Yeah. Or I thought this is the space where feedback is needed or how could a better move not be relevant? And and seeing this as sort of like, this is what you do, right? You see something, you say something. And that's a kind of community that isn't one necessarily I want to be in, but it's not a ridiculous one either, right? Like yeah. it kind of is how... A postmortem might work after an over-the-board tournament where there's a crowd and if someone sees a good move, they announce it. And if somebody sees a problem with that move, they announce it. But Twitter is very different than a postmortem space because it's not itself the analysis. And then something that you and I have talked about, JJ, is that therefore we seem to then be asking the average Twitter user to be able to read the room, <laughs> look at the post, use the context clues, use your EQ and figure out what this person is looking for and maybe provide it. What do you think the average <laughs> room reading level of the average Twitter user on chess Twitter is? I don't know, JJ. What do you think? First grade, second grade? Definitely, definitely illiterate. But in their defense, in their defense, read the room is a perfect analogy for why these online spaces get so messy. I was going to say that. There's no room. I love yeah. that you beat me to it. This platform perfectly lends itself to being very convoluted and difficult to sense the tone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's definitely going to be cases where it's very clear, right? Somebody's like, I just played the game of my life and finally reached my rating goal I've had for years and I'm posting this to celebrate it. And somebody's like, Rook C2 is a blunder. <laughs> um, you know, that's not the best variation of the French, right? Like that's, that's just like a perfect example. And it's just, you know, even if it's not malicious, it's still clearly wrong. Right. But I think that things get murkier because not everyone who's posting is posting to straight up be like, this is a celebration. I am not here for analysis. Some people totally. probably don't even really know why they're posting or haven't really put a lot of thought into it and are just reacting. Yeah. Once they realize, okay, this actually didn't feel wonderful. Right. And so can you really hold the commenter response? for misinterpreting the intentions of a poster whose intentions were not clear to themselves at the time of posting. I think it's such a great point. We're asking people to read the room. There is no room. And the person posting wouldn't even be in the room if there was a room. <laughs> That's essentially <laughs> the request. And I do think whether or not it's a fair thing to ask or it does feel like a tall order, I think that the expectation should be it's not going to happen because it's not happening. Chess Twitter has been around for a while now. And we've seen these kind of little 
kerfuffles, if you will. And we're going to miss each other. I think that's just sort of a fact. This happens even in real relationships, even when there is a room. This happens with people who have known each other and been married for 10 years. (laughs) So can we also start being a little bit forgiving when someone misses that cue and kind of also think about this divide between when the advice coming is really well-intentioned, even if it totally misses the mark, Versus Mm -hmm. these times where it does feel condescending and self-congratulatory. I do think that there is a difference and we shouldn't be treating these all the same and lumping them together. I do feel like there's like enough assholes on Twitter that are doing this in a way that feels terrible that now even people coming in with the better intentions are sort of being lumped in with the riffraff. And now you beat me to it. Where, you know, when you have a bunch of people posting suggestions only to show how smart they are, it becomes harder no matter your intention and no matter what the poster is open to, it becomes harder for you to not be interpreted as doing the same thing. Part of what makes that assholeness so pernicious is they're insisting that they're playing by the same rules we are and using the same language we are. And so now if we want to use that language for its actual intended purpose, even a previously welcome purpose, it's harder to do that without being interpreted as an asshole or without potentially being an asshole. Totally. And I do think it is important to think about the difference between intention and impact, but it also kind of goes both ways. I mean, I know there are certain times where I've posted things where I wasn't looking for advice. Someone gave me advice. And then I also have the option to choose, do I even need to read this seriously? Do I need to respond to it? Do I need Mm -hmm. to take the advice? Sometimes the answer is no, and I literally never think about it again. (laughs) I just ignore it, which is easier to do when I know that that poster's intention is not malicious. It's very different than someone coming into someone's thread and attacking their identity or their character, who they are as a person. So certainly advice is never just ignore it all the time. You know, it's, it's tricky. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and this is something I think about a lot because the philosophy of language stuff I was doing when I was still pursuing the PhD stuff, this idea of intention and responsibility in communication is fascinating. Because something we've already hit up here is you could intend to be soliciting a certain kind of response. And in that sense, you could be responsible or not for the kinds of responses you get. But then how much of that is on the replier to be like, oh, this is what you intended. And how much of this is on the speaker to be like, okay, this is what I want or don't want. And if I don't make that clear, it's on you. And then I think something else that we were starting to touch on just now is that Twitter itself as a space, like any social space, is going to change those contexts for us. This is something where I think chess is such an interesting testing ground because there's a literal hierarchy in chess. Yeah. Um, There's power dynamics in any relationship, in any social space. But when you have a shared space of players who have their 1200 rating in their profile, and then you have players with a rating double that seeing these posts, does that itself make the space one where feedback is being solicited because you're twice as good as they are, you're twice as high rated as they are? And so, of course, any feedback would be welcome. A real world equivalent of that is like men who think they know everything, mansplaining concepts to women and thinking they're doing them a favor. But if there was a literal rating system and your rating is astronomically higher, you might not be as obviously wrong by thinking you know more than they do or as obviously wrong by thinking you're doing them a favor. I agree. That hierarchy and even that power imbalance is literally quantifiable in the chess space. And we all kind of know where everybody's at, where we think we know where everybody's at, which is a good point, though. And I know that I've experienced this as a woman who plays chess. I think that I'm going to be getting advice (laughs) as if I'm like at least three or 400 ELO lower than I am. I've kind of come to expect that. And everyone assumes I'm titled. 
<laughs> oh, you're not? What not kind of trust. podcast is this, JJ? <laughs> I don't want to do this shit anymore. Go, Paul. You want to come be co-host? <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I know. We'd record like twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> This is as good a time to any to bring up the story of the time that I was trying to get an audio a, a video recording from Gopal and he sent me an audio file and I told him it was an MP3 and he asked if I could convert it to video. You should have been like, yeah, I can. You better be careful about that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking wish, homie. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because this is, I think, where things get even more interesting is because even though everyone in Chestall has a rating, they also don't lose those other social identity markers when they go into the chess space. And so you see this frustration of like everything Julia posts gets interpreted as like a solicitation from a lower rated player for help than is actually what's going on. And things I post don't get nearly as much of that reaction. Okay, so since this is so tricky, we decided to bring in someone who is at the epicenter of this online Twitter storm, the man, the legend himself, Chess, Chess Von, Von Doom. Doom. <laughs> wait, wait, let's do it again at the same time. <laughs> but don't the man. The legend. Chess, Chess Von Omar. Doom. <laughs> Omar. Okay, bring him in. Bring him in. Hello. Oh, the hi, villain. Omar. <laughs> How you doing? Thank you for coming on so quickly. Oh, man. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. I feel like yeah. at, at last, I'm getting to see JJ in real time. I know. Yeah, I realize this had never happened. <laughs> it is nice to meet both of you in, in person. It is. So, Julia, do you want to tell us why you brought Omar in to the podcast? Yeah, Omar, I feel like you've really been front and center in the Twitter That's drama, <laughs> as it were, around unsolicited advice. I feel like it's all everyone can talk about right now. Everyone's posting about it. Titled players are posting about it. So we really wanted to kind of get more about your take because you sort of alluded to the fact that you feel like you've come full circle and might have some mixed feelings. So maybe you can yeah. just kick us off kind of where you started and lead us to where you're at. So it's funny because if you would just ask me 48 hours ago, I'd have a completely <laughs> different take than I do right now. Beautiful. And that take was, you know, listen, I, I, these are the things that I've now I've realized that you convince yourself when you're really just mad that you're losing a lot. And it's really easy to make excuses that sound really good to you. Like I can talk myself into anything is what I'm learning. And that doesn't lead to growth. So yeah, here's what happened. I'm not good yet. <laughs> Neither and, are we continue. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not good and I don't like it, but at the <laughs> same time, I want to share my journey, but you can't tell me how to get better. You can only give me hugs when I lose. That's it in a nutshell. But you got to go through the pain, as with anything with chess, to get to that land space. So I wanted to make sure I, I tell you, like, this is where I'm at now. But before, 48 hours ago, here are the lies I was telling myself. Listen, I don't, I don't mind getting the unsolicited advice, but here are the conditions. <laughs> tell me in private, you know, DM me because it's rude to just put it out there. Meanwhile, this is the Internet and I'm posting games. Now, mind you, when I'm posting memes about how you hold this L and take this loss and ha ha ha. Oh, that's fun. Hey, let's celebrate that. Let's pat myself on the back. That's great. That's all in fun. 
But the minute there's a loss, you know, that's, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about the losing. We're in mourning. Yeah, we're in mourning. You can't, <laughs> it's your responsibility, Twitter, to understand where I'm at on the emotional scale. That's exactly what JJ and I were talking about. It's a tall order. We're sort of asking yeah. people to come in with a lot of emotional intelligence that the average Twitter user probably absolutely does they're, not have. They're not going to do it. That's yeah. why they're yeah. here. And so like, if, for example, I was in a therapy session with two people, a couple, one of the things I would advise is when giving criticism you can do a compliment sandwich. Here's a good thing. Here's a small critique that's constructive, followed by another good thing to build you back up. Can we expect this from the average Twitter abuser? I think that we're just kind of setting ourselves up for disappointment. Yeah. So this is where you were 48 hours ago, right? So let's hear about the evolution. Yeah. So one of my training partners, Tim Green, just kind of randomly pings me he texts me and he's like, man, did you see Lona's post? So this is Daniel Lona. He's like, did you see his post? And I noticed Daniel was talking about uh, painful loss. And at the very bottom, he goes, you know, hey, unless you're my coach, you know, I'm, I'm good. And <laughs> I saw Amy Space say something similar not too long ago. And it triggered me because mm-hmm. I'm like, see, that's what I'm talking about. Everything that I wrote in my post was me just kind of getting the energy out, you know, anger. That really started a while ago, you all, to, to be completely yeah. honest. But I go and I write a post, which was basically <laughs> where I say, Hey, I just lost my game. And then, you know, uh, Twitter responds with, here's all the advice you didn't ask for. I used uh, the Kevin Hart meme where he's making the face. <laughs> and I'm thinking it'll get a couple of likes and we'll move on. I did not know I was throwing gasoline on Daniel Luna's post. Oh, big time. <laughs> and so when all of a sudden you're seeing, you know, just chess celebrities weighing in, you're like, man, what have I done? <laughs> and what, what's really the worst part is a few weeks ago, I blocked a guy that I unblocked. Now, here again, <laughs> here's the full cycle on this. When he came to me, I think I was advertising something for YouTube. So I, there's a picture I took of myself holding uh, Endgame's book. <laughs> the Veresky book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like my coach was trolling me when she told me <laughs> to buy it. I tried the very first puzzle in the book and it made my eyes bleed. And <laughs> I, I mean, to the point where I tried it over the board. I threw it in an engine. I was like, all right, I'm going to play it against the computer. Computer can beat me just fine. All right. And so I try to repeat what the computer does. And the computer's like, no, 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 no. You're not good enough to beat me at what I just did to you. <laughs> and so it, it wouldn't let me, you know, get anything going. And so eventually I was like, all right, well, this is just absurd. But I spent all this money on it. And I go to Bruno, I go, were you trolling me? And she's like, absolutely. Yeah. This is way, <laughs> way out of your, she's like, but. You wanted oh God, the, you, know, you wanted the end games. You you wanted to be great. You wanted to be this. She's like, it, you'll be able to use it at some point, but not for a while. Probably about a decade from now, you will be good enough to use that book. I mean, she didn't say it like that, but that was like the implication. But I was like, well, I'm gonna at least get some use out of it. So I took some pictures that I was like, oh, I'll take these and I'll use these for promotion down the road. I'll just have them. So when I got ready to do the YouTube stuff, I was like, hey, that one with Dafreski's book would be really good. I'll throw that up. And I think it was like right on the heels of, I had just tilted. I'd lost like four or five games in a row. So I'm, yeah. I'm already mad. And I'm like, well, let me pivot. Let me post this YouTube thing. And all of a sudden the guy comes in and he's like, I mean, that book looks kind of new. You know, have you, have you opened the book? <laughs> you know, because maybe if you open that book, you wouldn't tilt so bad. And maybe you shouldn't be playing blitz anyway. And the last thing he said was, Hey, listen, you know, I'm just trying to help you don't shoot the messenger. Well, that, you know, if you want to touch all of the points of a person, <laughs> so I'm flipping, ver- you know, virtual tables and, you know, I'm feeling some type of way. <laughs> Normally, I don't 
feed into that stuff. I try not to, but I wasn't having it in that moment. And I typed it up. I should have typed it and discarded the post. But I hit send. And now Twitter beef, especially with chess players, is, well, how can I outclever you? And the thing is, nobody wins. Everybody just loses slowly, you know, when this happens. Just like chess. Exactly. Just, it's exactly right. What pissed me off was one that he was right <laughs> that I do play Blitz too much. And that book was too hard for me. So I'm in that space and I'm like, well, fine, I'm just going to block you. You take that, take my block button. Punk, right? And so <laughs> block him. Yeah. And I'm still butthurt, but you know, and um, so Tim's like, did you really have to block him, man? It was, was it that serious? Yes, it was that serious. Right. So Time goes on and Tim pings me again. And he's like, hey, remember that dude you blocked? He's weighing in on this, on this <laughs> unsolicited advice. And he's like, then you block him for unsolicited advice. And mind <laughs> you, Tim's puppet mastering me the whole time because of where this went. Again, it's, it's, your, it's your training partner. So he knows that I, what I really need to do is to just grow up, you know, with this, Aww. you know, and, but he's so smooth with it that he, he won't say that because he knows it'll trigger me. And so old feelings kind of bubble up and I'm trying to pretend like it doesn't really bother. I don't care about that dude. It didn't bother me. And I'm like, but what do you say? You know, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, well, you know, man, you really don't need to, you know, you don't need to put any energy into that. I'm just letting you know that it's out here, you know? And so he's like, you might want to, you know, reach out to him. And I'm like, why in the world would I want to reach out to him? And so he then comes with the, well, man, you got, you know, Christ follower in your, in your bio and life GM and all these things. And this is, <laughs> this is the energy you're trying to put out there, man. He's like, man, you never know. Tim is good. He is sneaky. God damn it. Right. So, you know, I'm like, well, let me see if he if he blocked me. Of course, he blocked me too. And so I was like, you know what? I just need to apologize to this guy because this ain't right. And the fact of the matter is, I was a baby about it. I was just mad because I lost a bunch of games mm-hmm. and I'm justifying it. And the fact of the matter is, it's kind of like continuing to convince myself that this is okay. The somebody said it to me in response today. It's not like the people who are giving you unsolicited advice are doing it to hurt your chest. They're not doing it to harm you. They're doing it to connect with you because they genuinely want to help you. And even if the tone isn't what you love, again, you mentioned earlier, Julie, it's it's Twitter. So it's not like you can expect somebody with Tim's bedside manner to always (laughs) be the one to approach you. And again, I'm an affirmation whore and I'm trying to get (laughs) out of this. Can you please put that in your Twitter bio, Omar, <laughs> for like two days? Okay. You know what? I absolutely will. I, absolutely <laughs> will. You, you, I, I promise you I'll do it. Oh, my God. We love you. I'm an affirmation whore with this, which means you can, on the one hand, be real happy that people follow your journey. Like, I never get mm. mad when you see your Twitter follower account rise up. But what comes with that is all the unsolicited advice mm-hmm. that when you post as often as I do. And so on the one hand, you can't want to be important and then get mad because you are. Or try to foster that engagement and then get mad when people yeah, engage. Get mad when people engage. quite the way you were hoping. Yeah, I was like, hey, I didn't want you to engage this way. I have a code that you're supposed to just know. I also want to empathize more with what Omar is saying too, that it really is just overwhelming, especially if your follower account is growing or also just as the chess Twitter space is growing. Hold on. I kind of miss the early days of the pandemic when it really could just be one or two random people, maybe occasionally someone who shouldn't be giving advice, but for the most part, people who checked you out, got a sense that they might actually have something useful to say to you is at least somewhat personally tailored. 
And now it's just like, oh man, this is overwhelming. I've gotten 30 different responses on what to do or what I should have done. A lot of them are contradictory. Half of you don't have your ratings posted. I've definitely gotten unsolicited advice from people telling me what I was doing wrong. And I later realized they were like 500 points lower rated than me. Wow. And I just genuinely thought they were like a titled player giving me feedback out of the goodness of their heart. Because they were so confident. (laughs) Yeah. And like, because I was naive and tried to assume the good in people, which I stopped doing. But something that makes it hard, it's like when your advice is just stop playing blitz, you know, I'm with you, Omar, you can appreciate that it is good advice and you need to hear it, but you still don't necessarily need to hear it from every single, you know, 1400. And so to say, you know, you can definitely draw that distinction, but at a certain point, whether it was intended to be malicious or not, I feel like the more people are in this space, the more it matters that what you're saying actually is something that needs to come from you. Yeah. I love that, JJ. That's great. Yeah. And so you can definitely appreciate the distinction, but also be like, yeah, you know, at a certain point, if you start telling me really trivial, basic things on every one of my posts, I might block you. (laughs) Yeah. Not not because you're a bad person, but because you're just making the space noisier than it needs to be. And I'm like noise sensitive. But that's that's yes. Chef's kiss (laughs) on that, brother. I think you both are 100 percent right. What I had to own. And again, it's it's not this guy, you know, we we've squashed it. And in fact, I was much douchier to him than he was <laughs> to me in my response. Omar, your self-awareness is really impressive. <laughs> your ability to kind of look inward at some hard truths is, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people really struggle with that. They cannot get over that hump of, I acted this way because I was butthurt. Do you know how rare it is to hear somebody say that? I'm a therapist. I never hear it. Everyone in my office is butthurt. No one's saying I'm butthurt. So I just want to pause that, that and kind lot. of give you a small clap. I think it's really Thank cool. Thank you. Um, I'm, again, at the end, of the, I'm trying to be better. And it's not me. It's having a good circle. Again, I get it, credit to Tim. People around you that know you and know you well enough to say, I won't come at you this way, but I'm going to come at you on the, on the side. And you're going to land in the spot where I know that you really want to be, which is to improve. The truth of the matter is just have to get better. But the chess is not the, the core issue. This has been following me around since I was little. Chess is just the latest thing. And I've been failing this particular lesson for decades. And it just reached a point where I'm like, okay, either you're going to grow up or you're not. And yeah. the fact of the matter is you you started playing chess because of the Queen's Gambit. There's been people that have been playing a whole lot longer than you, and they're better at it than you. So again, taking it all the way back, I'm watching Queen's Gambit. I'm going, if I study really hard for about three months, I get really good. <laughs> These, right? This is what you're telling yourself when you can't go anywhere. Yeah, it's like 20 by 2021. I'm like, all right, man, you know, I'm I just got to take the lessons on chess.com. If I do that, then I'm good. If I get a coach, and it's it's this search for the silver bullet of chess. And when you realize nearly two years into your journey that you are just good enough to suck, (laughs) that's where I'm at. I'm just good enough to be awful. But it's what makes you so relatable and so likable, Amara. This is why you have thousands of followers. This is why yes. everyone feels connected to you. Yes, you are such an incredible figure in the chess Twitter community. Wow. You're such an awesome voice because we <laughs> need people at every level. People are coming in below you and they're looking up to you. And wow. your earnestness, your love for the game, your authenticity, you're so genuine. I mean, I can't imagine chess Twitter without you. So I'm just glad you're that. here. No, that, yeah. that I'm completely humbled by that. And it, it's a, the thing I've got to remember is that it, it's a journey and I totally, uh, the whole thing, it's not just 
chess, again, it's, it's life. And what I'm realizing is if I ever want to get beyond my goal of 1200, I've got to get okay or get better at dealing with loss and dealing with people having opinions about it because the chess community is full of that. And you've got to be okay with saying, all right, that sucked. Is, you know, you're going to have another game tomorrow. There'll be another tournament next week. I've got to get better at the parts of it that are hard before the chess even comes into it, because that's just time and that's yes. just tactics and that's repetition and that's pattern mm-hmm. recognition and reading and studying. And you got to get good at that stuff. But if at my core, I can't handle losing, it won't matter how much information I have. Whereas if I'm fearless about losing and I can get over it in five minutes, well, then it's all right, let's, let's take a look at it. I want to look at it. Let me see. You no, know, let's look. Let's look at the game that I've sucked in. I'd much rather look at that because I won't learn anything from the ones I won. And that's so important too, because the better you get, just means you get more sensitive to smaller and smaller scope things and how much they matter, right? Mm. So when you get better, blundering a knight's going to feel as bad as losing from when you're up a queen. Failing to convert a pawn up minor piece endgame is going to feel just as bad mm. as that. And so if you don't really get to the core of that feeling, you know, it's not going to go away because, yeah, you'll stop losing games when you're up a queen eventually. But losing games from a drawn end game is going to feel just as terrible. I mean, I lost from a drawn end game where I had winning chances and found the only way to lose. And that burns as much as hanging my queen mm. when I was a thousand as a kid. And so it's a lot more about overcoming the attitude, like you're saying, because if you let yourself feel that bad, you're always going to find ways to feel that. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And Omar, I also think one of my favorite things that you said in all of this was kind of nodding to the universality of that experience of having the pain of the loss and almost not wanting to sit in that difficult, negative feeling, but how that's the only way growth can come. And I just Mm -hmm. want to say, you know, even in my work as a therapist, I feel like that's almost what therapy itself could boil down to is helping people really actually sit with negative thoughts and feelings that they've been avoiding probably their whole life. And really recognizing the incredible joy, richness, growth, beauty that can come from those experiences and giving them the tools to do that. So I love that you made that connection. This is bigger than chess. And I almost wonder if we could finish off, Omar, by you kind of saying, you know, I've really learned a hard lesson that's been following me my whole life. If you had almost synthesized, what do you see as the lesson learned here? What might you say for our listeners? Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's fantastic. First of all, I don't know that I could say it better than you. I'll try to yeah. match you know where you are with it, but you can't lie to the mirror. You know, I think that's really what it is. And I've been lying to the mirror. I've been telling the mirror like, no, 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 no. It's not the advice. It's the intent behind it. That's what it is because I could handle if I, no. You're mad because you're not good enough yet. And this has been true your entire life. But if you ever want to get good, uh, you got to get good at the the hard pieces and not tell the mirror, you know, that it's okay. It's like, wait a minute, do you want to grow or not? Mm-hmm. So these are the hard conversations I needed to have with myself. And mind you, it doesn't happen short of Tim sort of being the cattle prod and provoking me to actually just grow up, frankly, <laughs> and just be better. Omar, this was amazing. Seriously, I loved getting to hear your thought process. This was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you both. This was amazing. I enjoyed this. JJ, we got to get a lesson in, brother. Yes, we will. All right, Elf. Peace. We will talk. And Julia, I'll talk to you. Oh, you will? Nice. Thanks.
Yeah. As always, thank you for letting us take you into this deep, dark forest. Where two plus two equals five, and the path leading out is only wide enough for listeners like you. Intro and outro music provided by JPEG Mafia. We would be truly touched if you subscribe and leave us a glowing review. And tell all of your friends. (laughs) Yeah, all of them. And every week, we'll be gifting one lucky subscriber who leaves a five-star review a lifetime premium diamond membership to leechess.org. Unlocking all of their features. Even that? Especially that. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ChessFeelsPod. Oh, and if you didn't like what you heard, do not hesitate to message any feedback. No matter how critical or scathing. Directly to Mr. Dodgy, our social media manager, even though he doesn't know it. (laughs) At ChessProblem. Yeah.